0: And You're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. My name is Dennis Bernstein. We broadcast to you every weekday from 5 to 6 from the San Francisco Bay Area over the Pacifica Radio Network. We are happy to have you along. And we begin, well, we begin with uh, the ongoing investigation in terms of Trump's uh, relationship, his activities, his participation in the attempt to overthrow the U.S. uh, electoral system and rule by decree uh first up we're joined by greg palest uh you know him greg palest greg he's been on this election beat for a long time we've been working with him greg so there's a, a report that came out uh from the rolling stone some interesting stuff uh some new stuff uh and there's a lot more to talk about though you want to sort of pick it up from there
1: Yes, well, Rolling Stone uh, came, you know, announced that uh, Trump and the people that were organizing the rally at the Ellipse had coordinated beforehand. Of course, this is a story that uh, we reported here on Flashpoints with Consortium News back on January 15. Uh, So it's not new to our listeners, but I want to remind you, Donald Trump and the White House, had meetings with those with obviously with the organizers of the rally at the ellipse on january 6th but here's what kind of rolling stone is missing i want to remind your listeners of what we uncovered and i'd gone to the same inside sources that rolling stone did i think i got a little bit more there here's the deal the the rally at the ellipse was perfectly legal you can complain about the elections i certainly do um, that was legal What was not legal, and this is a distinction that people are missing, Dennis, what was not legal was the march from the ellipse across Washington to the Capitol. Why wasn't it legal? Because it was not in the permit. In fact, I'm looking at the permit itself right now, which says Women for America First, that's the group that held the rally with Trump, Women for America First will not conduct an organized march from the ellipse. That's in the permit. Now, why can't you go across Washington to march? The answer is, number one, COVID. Number two, you have to notify the DC police, you have to notify the Capitol Police, the Park Service. Why? Because if you have a a march with thousands of people, unplanned, uncoordinated, no monitors, no nothing, no cops, it's gonna, believe it or not, get out of hand. But, of course, that's what the White House wanted. Now, when I say the White House wanted, here's what we know. That the march was led by a character named Ali Alexander, and uh, who we've been tracking, when I say we, me, and uh, especially uh, Zach D. Roberts, our great investigative photojournalist, who I believe will be joining us in a moment, Uh, who's been tracking Ali for years and we knew that he had threatened violence. In fact, we caught him on camera. Zach got him on camera saying, if they don't pick Trump as president, we're gonna light this whole S on fire. Now, when Ali Alexander said that, Trump met with him, spoke with him, and the White House designated, told Ali Alexander at the rally, You go to the corner of the parking lot. They took him to the corner of the parking lot with a guy named Alex Jones. And the two of them were told by the White House that they should lead the march. Now, understand, the White House knew that it was illegal. I want to repeat that. The White House was told, I have the text messages from the rally organizers, the people that Rolling Stone talked to as well. We have the text messages to the White House. To Ali Alexander, there can be no mark, it's illegal, and it's dangerous. And even these remember, these are Trumpsters who held the rally. They're they're, they're pro Trump. They love Trump. But even they understood that it is insanely dangerous. As they told me it It was not a big stretch of the imagination to say when you run off to the Capitol. Now, how did it happen that thousands of people suddenly went to the Capitol, even though the organizers said there will be no march? The answer is a guy named Donald Trump at 1215 in the afternoon suddenly announced from the stage, we are marching to the Capitol. And he said, I'll march with you, which is, of course, typical Trump. He didn't. He took off in his limo and went back to the uh, to the White House where uh, um, he uh, sat in the East Wing munching popcorn and watching the mayhem. So Trump is the one who set off this march, which he knew was illegal. And by the way, Dennis, I'm sure there's a few lawyers out there who can tell you this. When you do an illegal activity and it leads to someone dying, as it happened in the Capitol, where the cop died and, and other people died, You are responsible for murder. That's no joke. When you commit a crime, which Trump did, and it leads to death, that's murder. We've had people go to the electric chair who were involved in robberies and just were in the, you know, the, uh, had nothing to do with someone getting shot, but someone got shot during the robbery. They went to the chair. Uh, Trump goes to the golf course.
0: Well, this is what is, honestly, we're speaking with Greg Palast. We're talking about the latest details around the, uh, potential prosecution of the insurrectionists uh, working with Trump. But that's a mind blower because we're all eyewitnesses to what happened. You point out that they did not have a legal, they had a legal permit for a rally. They did have not have any permission. It was totally illegal march, yet they structured it uh, and... They marched, and Trump announced it. Now, you say—I believe you said earlier, Greg—that Trump he didn't meet with uh, 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 Ali Alexander. Did he, did he? How did he communicate? Yes. Trump didn't have any he, he direct has, communication, with, uh, did he?
1: Yeah, he has met with Ali now, but the thing was, he didn't meet with Ali just before the rally. The White House was in communication with. The organizers of the ellipse rally who said there cannot be a march because Trump wanted a march. And Ali Alexander, who Trump was in love with, Ali Alexander had called for a march, had put out on social networking, We're marching, had put up posters around Washington, We're marching, and the, and the, the, um, the people that held the permit for the rally said, you can't, Mark, it's illegal, we don't have a permit, there's no cops, you know, there's no... you have to have ambulances, you have to have porta-potties, you have to have monitors. The whole point being, so that you don't end up with a riot. And that's what they ended up with. So they knew this would happen. And Trump, again, the White House was specifically told... You cannot march. Now, understand, you can be the President of the United States. You can be, you know, the, the big kahuna. It doesn't matter. You cannot. This is a land of laws, not of, of, you know, he's not the emperor. He can't say we're marching anyway. Not yet. That, you know, you cannot. You cannot. And, and it led, as the organizers said, it was not a big stretch to imagine what would happen if the law were broken and people were just. People were whipped up, angry, and sent off to the Capitol. So this is not a surprise. What There's one thing that the Rolling Stone, I'll give them credit, that they added something, um, if we can verify it, is that the White House offered pardons for people if, there was, uh, if anyone was busted for this mayhem. Now, understand that the rally was legal, so I can only imagine that if pardons were being offered, it would have to be... Um, Uh, offered to Alex Jones and Ali Alexander. Now, understand, from their point of view, the White House told them, White House emissaries went to Ali Alexander, Alex Jones said, you stand at the end of the parking lot and you lead the march, which is what they did. But I think Ali, look, well, I don't know about Ali Alexander, but I know Alex Jones actually quite well. And he knows darn well. You can get an order from the White House or from the Vatican, you, no one can tell you go ahead and break the law. He did that, and he thought, you know. Again, they apparently they thought that they were acting with the impunity of a pardon, ready to go, which is really sick. You, know, you go commit a crime, and I will pardon you.
0: Uh, All right, let, let me jump that's in the only here. Game. That's Greg Palace. You're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. We're talking about the uh, the investigation into the insurrectionists. It's in, it's in the Congress now. Uh, people are still being um, uh, prosecuted uh, for the actual uh, uh, insurrection. Uh, that's moving sort of uh, slowly in a very interesting oh. way. Uh, Mm-hmm. And we're we're also joined by Zach Roberts, uh, uh photojournalist extraordinaire. Uh we're working with Greg dot com, doing amazing work documenting the extreme right and their essentially their emergence within the Republican Party. What a what a cutting edge story uh you were on, Zach Roberts. Maybe you can uh give us remind us where you picked up Ali Alexander, because uh, we had some serious presentiment uh, that he was a violent man, that he was inside the Republican Party, and they had a lot more work to do uh, for Trump's vision. Can
1: we lose Zach? We may have lost Zach there. Um, uh, so I'll answer.
0: I'll pick up if Zach is Okay, you there. take it, Greg. Yeah.
1: Take okay, it. well, okay. so Zach D. Roberts, who is you know, this is the guy that, by the way, as you'll, uh, if he gets back on, will explain, was also the guy who was the witness and photographer of the mayhem in Charlottesville. So he's he's been assigned by our team to um, to cover the right, and he was the one who said, "I've been covering this guy, Ali Alexander. We got him in Georgia. Now, understand, the Georgia Senate runoff was January five the attack on the Capitol is January 6th, Ali Alexander first went down to Georgia. And why was he in Georgia? Because, believe it or not, he was brought into Georgia by the Republican Party of Georgia and by the Republican National Campaign Committee, Senate Campaign Committee, to bring out the the young um, right-wing crypto-fascist vote for the Republican candidates, Senate candidates. Now, they did this after, and I want to emphasize, the Republican Party sent him out for Get Out the Vote action in Georgia after he had already threatened to burn down government buildings. He threatened that he was going to burn down government buildings unless they picked Trump as president. Well,
0: I, I think this is a perfect segue because we've got Zach back, uh, okay. and Zach, you were you were there for the. Uh, to film the burning down, uh, Ali Alexander's like new part of his new contract with the Republican Party. So he's standing. He's standing there with a lar- with a, uh, a small group of
2: uh, people, including Alex Jones um, and a uh, uh, a young uh, Christian uh, nationalist uh, called uh, uh, named uh, uh, Nick Fuentes, um, who are all ro- raving up the crowd, going after the Republican Party and everything like that they're standing all across the street from, uh, from the governor's mansion at like nine o'clock at night. And, uh, and yeah, and Ali Alexander, which you can watch the video on our, on uh, GregPalace.com, of him saying it. He's just like, we're going to light this on fire. If we don't, if we don't basically get what we want, if we don't basically reinstall Donald Trump um, as, uh, as it, and uh, just recently, uh, Ali, uh, Ali has been banned from basically all platform up until a couple months ago. He was actually verified on Twitter (laughs) for the entire thing. He was verified on Twitter and, you know, on all the other sites on YouTube and everything like that. And then basically one went down after another. So he's only on uh, a uh, um, uh, uh, one channel that I I won't give people the direction of where to go to find it, but he's, he's been ranting about who is to blame for Republicans losing the two Georgia U S Senate seats. I'll finally tell you, Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger. Um, And so he is going through blaming everybody. Uh, saying the RNC stole your money, they had bad data, um, but he was working hand-in-hand hand with, uh, uh, with the Georgia State um, uh, Republican Party and also the uh, National Senatorial Committees and uh, getting money for them. Obviously, he doesn't do anything for free. His whole gig basically is collecting data from the far-right um, and the young, especially the young far-right, like the online far-right. And then selling it, giving it, selling it, trading it, whatever he does to the Republican Party, I, I still believe um, this is the way that, that him and a couple other people. This is the way Donald Trump won in 2016. Is that they knew who to target, thanks to the likes of Ali Alexander and Alex Jones, and then later on Nick Fuentes because he was like I think 18, when, <laughs> 18 when in 2016. He's there, he's like a child still. So yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, let's, uh, for a moment, uh, you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. We've got Greg Palace with us, and this is Zach D. Roberts, who uh, works with Greg. He's a wonderful and courageous photographer who has been documenting uh, the right and the emergence of the right. Uh, You have been covering the, the, their jury selection has started in the uh, trial in Charlottesville. This is uh, uh, the civil trial of the organizers of the two, Two seventeen, uh, unite the right rally in Charlottesville. You documented that. Tell us uh, a little bit about the who's on trial, you know, and why. What's going on there?
2: So, so this is the kind of the cavalcade of the uh, of the extreme far right. Um, uh, I'll just read straight off the Jason Kessler, who is the the main organizer. Uh, he's a Charlottesville resident. Richard Spencer, who is a uh, uh, the dapper Nazi. Um, I think uh, it was either GQ or Esquire did that really nice little profile on him, uh, you know, and talking about basically he's the new white nationalist. Right? There's Christopher Cantwell, who is a uh, I'm trying to think of what what uh, um, uh, to leave out. He's a he's a well documented racist, anti Semitic, uh, extreme sexist. But he's basically, he's a radio shock uh, host of years um, uh, uh, up in New Hampshire. Um, Let's see, there's James Alex Fields, obviously, um, who uh, took his car and drove it through uh, a crowd of peaceful protesters, murdering uh, murdering Heather Heyer, uh, along with um, nearly killing. I mean, we're lucky um, that it wasn't a dozen people because, I mean, I remember being there after the car, uh, car uh, after he drove the car through the crowd, and there were just people all over the place,
0: seriously. You interested. were there to um, witness that.
2: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm thankful that I was not. I was not physically there. I have colleagues that are there and who are still, you know, don't keep their backs to the if they're on the sidewalk, don't keep their backs to the road, and you know, still are. You know, I, one of my good colleagues uh, was uh, nicked by the car, and his camera went cameras went flying, and he never was able to recover the footage from it because he was that close to getting killed. Um, I mean, it is it is pure luck. But but you also have on this list you have identity Europa. You have um, the League of the South, uh, a guy named Michael Tubbs, who, um, if you go to gregpalace.com and see my article uh, that I just posted there, it, you'll see this man, Michael Tubbs, standing in the background of the photo that I think most of your listeners probably know um, of DeAndre Harris getting nearly murdered by a pack of uh, rabid uh, white supremacists. And he's just standing there watching over as one of his, as his kind of fellow marchers attack this man. Um, and so he's actually in the photo, there's documentation that he is involved in a racial attack, which is what this, what one of the many things that this complaint kind of goes after, but you also have the, the Ku Klux Klan, um, and East coast Knights, uh, the, 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 the true invisible empire, the national socialist movement, which is essentially the modern, uh, American form of the, of the actual Nazis, uh, and and just a, there's a whole bunch of other people, Matthew Heinbeck and, and the traditional workers no. party. Um, basically, like I said, it is the who's who of 2017 white nationalism. Most of these people have been uh, you don't see them that often anymore because obviously this this, this uh, complaint has been going on for the last uh, I think three or four years. And it's do do
0: any of these water. people have to testify from jail? Are they all in the courtroom? How, how, how does this? People, uh,
2: um you have um, Christopher Cantwell is defending himself, um, which even his fellow uh, his fellow uh, um, uh, defendants think is completely insane. <laughs> Somebody
0: uh, gave him good said, advice. Cartwell.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. What, what's the uh, What's the line? Uh, <laughs> a, a client who is a, yeah. a
0: lawyer.
2: <laughs> or, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's already been showing his because uh, you hear his voice every once in a while. Um, uh, pipe up when they're when they're interviewing the uh, um, uh, the juror, the potential jurors, because right because of the threat, the potential of uh, the threats that the defendants may at least imply towards the jurors. The judge is actually asking the questions, and what will happen is is that after he asks this form of questions and kind of gets everything on the record. Um, like things like, do you know what Antifa is? Uh, do you, well, how do you feel about white nat- white su- white supremacy? How do you feel? Like kind of just the general question. I got to say, it's very deeply disturbing that a lot of people, like one of the questions that has been asked pretty regularly is, do you believe that anti-Semitism uh, is a problem in, in America? And many of the jurors, uh, most that I don't believe have been selected, but many of the jurors have like, I don't believe. Uh, I've never, I've never witnessed or, uh, oh, what is that?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so is that? It's, it's one of these. I, I this is. I'm very yeah. new to. I don't cover. Tri- yeah. Uh, I don't cover trials that often. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stayed luckily stayed away from legal matters for the most part as a journalist.
0: Well, well and, luckily uh, uh, you stayed alive because uh, you had your own uh, close encounters with this kind right the you, you know you you found yourself in trouble. Uh, in trouble shooting out you know you yeah. had to shoot out your camera versus uh uh all kinds of ammunition <laughs> um so yeah. I mean, it's, well, it's, where it's where does this have a... yeah go on
2: yeah. if it's it's somebody was a photo from the moments after deandre harris was had his head split open his teeth broken his ribs cracked um, on the ground of the police department's parking garage just a hundred feet away from the police station of Charlottesville, um, it, all of that happened. I turn turn around, and there's a man with a gun pointing in the direction of me and DeAndre Harris, and then tracking DeAndre Harris as he as he ran away. Um, and and so this idea that they're saying that um, no violence happened, or the violence wasn't their fault, um, or that they because the the main complaint on here is that they came prepared for violence, they planned ahead of time. To bring weapons, to bring def- to bring shields that they say shields can very easily be used as a weapon if you know how to use it right. And bringing improvised weapons, like one of them recommends, you know what, a bag, a, a sock filled with stones will do a lot of damage. And so they have these things prepared. They came there for violence. They knew what they were doing, and they planned on all of the all of the usual websites like Stormfront and you know and Gab and all these different places. They planned for this. And um, you know, and thankfully, thanks to um, anti-fascists in in Charlottesville, um, all of this has been documented because they were screaming to high heavens that all of this was going to happen, and police had no interest in listening to them throughout the entire to the, throughout the entire time. And then this happened, and everyone got to act. Oh, and we were shocked that that a bunch of white supremacists that showed up with shields and helmets and bulletproof vests and uh, and firearms. A, a protest turned violent. We're shocked, and uh, yeah, and and but but the uh, defendants would uh, uh, really really like to blame all of this on Antifa, um, and uh, they're trying really really hard to get defendants that uh, they've there's already been a uh, there's already been a juror that uh, at least made it through yesterday's um, selection that believes that uh, Antifa is a terrorist organization and regularly commits violence, and uh, the judge himself called. Called uh, Antifa troublemakers uh, when he was asking questions, um, but refused to actually define what white supremacy was because he didn't want to, um, uh, you know, sway the juries. <laughs>
0: and, this, I didn't and want to affirm the white supremacists. Uh,
2: no, uh, Judge Moon has seen many, many trials, but uh, um, uh, threw up Charlottesville and that sort of thing. So I don't think that he is, I, I think it's just a kind of a level of ignorance of of use of words i at least hope we're,
0: we're running out of time but i just want to ask you this act did anybody for that violence uh for uh, besides the car running over the killing the woman did anybody get prosecuted in terms of the violence that you witnessed uh we had
2: four um, four of the um more than six but at least six uh people that uh committed uh, that, uh, committed assault, uh uh, well-documented assault against uh, DeAndre Harris. Uh, only four of them have gone to jail,
0: but still, and, and your um, and your photography uh, was used as. as went to jail. Yes, and your work and, was used as a part of that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Investigation mine and, uh, and there's a video. Um, and uh, DeAndre Harris obviously testified uh, after he was arrested oh. um, by uh, local by the local police um, because you know supposedly he started the fight, according to many people. I was there.
0: He didn't start the fight. He didn't start the fight in there and there. Well, also, I should (laughs) know... Under the police (laughs) station, yeah.
1: This is Greg Powell. Let me explain something. Those guys had had, uh, uh, metal poles, wooden poles. DeAndre Harris just had his hands defending himself. Uh, Five guys on him. Zach Roberts, uh, who you're listening to, took those photos, which identified those guys. And, again, as he said, there was a gun on him and Harris. And Zach kept shooting. Thank you, Zach. Even though that was a crazy decision, we're glad you did it. We also have film. Uh, Zach has a, a shot. We, if you go to GregPals dot com, where one of the people who later beat up Harris is throwing a baton at Zach, which just misses see, the camera. Uh, you see crew. it. It's part of a pool cue. It's a pool <laughs> cue that uh, just misses Zach. Which is Zach. again, which
2: goes to what they they used improvised improvised weapons. They didn't bring swords or anything like that. Some of them have guns, but what they brought was improvised weapons that they knew that they could. Uh, commit violence with, and then later on just discard as, you know, oh, somebody dropped a pool
1: cue on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> and I should I should note that this is a civil trial, not a criminal right. trial. Right. and That's one of the right. problems, is that the FBI, we actually went, right. just so you know, Zach and I contacted the FBI, we contacted police, they were completely uninterested in bringing criminal prosecution. This is a prosecution brought by the vict- uh, not a prosecution, a civil case. <laughs> right, it's, brought it's by a civil
0: suit, yeah. That, yeah. no that's there, why there i was yeah, i You're, wanted to know if if there was any kind of criminal side because obviously uh you know everything about this uh was criminal and the violence uh, led to s- serious suffering so it's um, uh, the civil suit is just not enough in this context. Uh, I I think Still. you know that's sort of how ha- that's sort of how we're gonna have to go out Greg I mean the final your final comment on um, this is this violence that we're talking about that Zach had the courage to document and continues to document is where we are going going right
1: right well i'm very concerned and obviously they're scaring off journalists because few people have like zach's courage to go right in there but the other thing is and again that the cops seem uninterested the police and the justice department seem very limited in who they're going after and that includes january 6th as we noted they violated fbi and police procedure rules by giving a police escort to the perpetrators of the riot instead of locking down the scene as required by uh, by procedure for the cops and the Justice Department, they let those people go. And they said, oh, we're looking for them. Why are you looking for them? You had them. I'm very concerned also that they are not deeply going after. They're finally beginning to go after um, and Trump's decision to violate the law. I still haven't seen any action on that yet? It's Trump. It's not the people around him. It was Trump personally who made the decision to send people off and to imagine that they will ultimately invade the Capitol was not much of a stretch of imagination. And one final thing, one sentence, and we'll and we'll deal with it another time, I uh, suppose. But we've just gotten word that Stephen Donziger, the human rights lawyer that won the case against Chevron, is it will be uh, is being sent to prison. Tomorrow, by a federal judge, despite the United Nations Human Rights Commission, a judiciary panel ordering the United States to release him and compensate him. Uh, this is the great human rights lawyer, Stephen Donzier who begins a six-month sentence in federal prison tomorrow for supposed contempt. We, and
0: we, we've, been co- we've been covering this, Greg's been covering yes. this, and you should, uh, people should stay on. And I just want to, just closure on the Ali Alexander Yes. What do we know about you know the there's the congressional investigations going on now. Well, is he uh, testifying? Has he agreed? I'm sure they uh, want to be talking to him. His name is popping up. What is the deal? Is he has he given testimony? Do you think he will?
2: Exactly there. I, if, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I I don't believe I don't believe he would. I, I he has stated on his uh, on his channel he stated he is not going to. Um, he is also being sued by the police right now on a, in a civil trial as well, along with all the other Stop the, a lot of the other Stop the steal guys. And so, honestly, I think it might be stupid <laughs> for him to testify, unless he's going to like rat everybody out, which is kind of what everybody thought he was doing. But I, so far, have not seen any, uh, any, any of it. He is supposedly in hiding, uh, living on roast, and, roast beef and turkey sandwiches, um, and he's crying on his Instagram, uh, on his uh, channels about how bad his life is and everything like that. And how bad everybody has
1: basically, uh, screwed him over. <laughs> so, and the question is right, why well, haven't they picked yeah. him up? Yeah. Why, uh, is, yeah, I mean, yeah. why is Steve Donziger going to prison? And Ali Alexander is, uh, supposedly in hiding. The FBI can't find him. Really?
0: Yeah. Steve
1: Bannon just right, spoke about,
2: well, uh, uh spoken Gettysburg, uh, the other day it's very easy to pick these guys up
0: all right well and and on back to the donziger so how do people follow that is there a web where how you know uh how does how do they show support for him if they're interested uh,
1: stevedonziger.com a free excuse me freedonziger.com freedonziger.com to get the minute by minute updates there will be hundreds of people maybe a thousand people going with him to the prison. Um, and it's a big international story, but completely buried in the U.S. mainstream press. They're not covering it all, except except Wall Street Journal, which says that terrible criminal, Steve Donziger, is going to prison. Everywhere else in the world, it's mm. a great human rights lawyer, a political prisoner in America. Shameful.
0: Well, dot com. yeah. A lot more to come on that. I want to thank uh, both of you. Greg Palace, Zach Roberts. We've got to do this again soon. Uh, I'm sure Ollie will be doing it again soon uh, <laughs> uh, because he's he's free to go. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks to both of you and the audience, I'm sure, appreciates the very good information. Both of you stay safe and uh, let's talk soon, okay? Thanks. Bye. Thank you much.